I really like this pulpit. If you don't like this sermon and want to throw some hymnals at me, I can hide. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be here, but I'm paranoid a little bit because I think I'm being followed. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Aaron. I, I'm so glad to be here. Today, uh, the sermon is about something very personal, and I've been thinking a lot about that because it's my own path and my own thinking, my own searching for the Lord. So you're going to have a, just an hour and a half sermon about how my heart, <laughs> this is a trick. I tell you one hour and a half, is so if I preach 50 minutes, you'll not be, oh, he didn't preach one hour and a half. So I'm kidding. We're going to be here living before one o'clock, don't worry. Before I read the text, I want to think about one word, trust. Let's read the text, and the text is only two verses. And I like to choose a small uh, text, not because, that's because I don't know how to read well, so that's, I just choose two verses, it's easy. My accent hurts, so it's up to you to follow me. If you need the gift of interpretation of tongues, I know we're Presbyterians, you don't talk about that, but yeah, but you can do it. The text is, comes from Psalm 37, verse four and five. Delight, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, Trust in him, and he will act. What is the word that I, I got hanging in for a long time is the word trust. How do you define trust? Wow, it's complicated, huh? We talk so much in church and never stop to think about that and exactly what that means. Yes, this is an important word. Just for clarification, trust is not faith. It's not believing. Oh, what are you saying? Yes, I'm challenging you. If you're young or older, think about it. We talk so much, read so much, but sometimes this word it's hard to be defined. And to add to that complicated aspect of trying to define a simple word, we have our personal story behind it that distort the comprehension of the word trust. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust him, and he will act. This psalm is uh, the alphabetic psalm from David. It's very well known. If you're going to see, this is almost close reference to Matthew 6 on the Sermon of the Mount. Yes, he talks about fret, not your heart. Look, the wicked men, they are living well, they're doing well, but one day the Righteousness, you be honored by God. So trust to the Lord. Hold on. Hang in there. 
I could preach of any other psalm, and believe me, there is so many psalms, but I choose these two verses because they're close to my heart. When I become a believer, the verse 5 especially, affect me the most because commit your way. You know what is the Greek word, uh, the Hebrew word for way? Is way. Yeah, I know pastors like to make fancy things about words I'm just making. Wow, I tried to figure out what that word means and I was reading and looking in so many dictionaries and it's your journey, it's your way, it's your path. We're trying to figure out because these two verses are so simple. But they're so powerful that sometimes we're trying to, there is something else there because they're simple. But the truth is, they're simple but not simplistic. They're deep. So, David is talking about delight your heart. Delight, delight in who? In the Lord. I grew up thinking that since I become a believer, uh, we cannot have more desires. Everything, our mind and heart must be captive to the Lord. So we should not think, we should not feel, we should not do anything, just leave to the Lord. That's what the psalmist says. That David is saying, look, delight yourself in the Lord. Dwell in and he will give you the desires of your heart. The main problem is when God don't fulfill that. But other things do. So the problem is not the desires. The problem is who is going to fulfill the desires. Because what you're seeking leads you probably to idols. I've been reading the Old Testament and it's funny because this word trust is everywhere. It's the basic conflict for us as a human being dealing with God. And I'm going to get in there. Hold on. Hold the horses. We're walking through. I'm sorry. But when you put something between you and God, God calls that an idol. When you believe that something else is going to fulfill the desire of your heart, that's an idol. It can be your wife, your kids, your job, your car, your bank account, anything. You know why? Because you are trusting that whatever three dots you put there is going to fulfill the desires of your heart. The desires of your heart is not a problem. The problem is, who's going to fulfill that? What you're seeking? Where your path is going to lead to? The next verse says, commit your way to the Lord and trust in Him and He will act. Actually, that last word, act, in Hebrew is a little bit different, God says, and God will do it. Sounds weird, because you commit your way, you trust in Him, and He'll do it. Do it what? 
That's the main point of the Old Testament, the New Testament. He'll keep his bargain side of this covenant. He's going to be faithful. He's going to be trustworthy as always. He doesn't change. Okay, let's stop here. Let's get all this together because I look your face and I know your looks lost. Let's, let's go back to reality. Hitting the ground. What do you trust? Who you trust? Don't tell me that you trust God because I know myself. We say that all the time. We confess that. Look what we said the whole service. It's not because that's not true. The problem is trust. It's something very complicated to extract. Especially from the word of the Lord. Yes. Do you know why? Because trust that you believe is a verified trust. Sounds weird, that word, I know. When I heard the first time, I was like, what? What that means? Exactly, that's the reason. It steered up my heart. What, what that means? That we trust. I'm going to give you some examples. When you get in an airplane, do you know who's piloting that airplane? Did you ask yourself who is his name, how many hours flights he has? Is he credential, whatever? Do you? Or you just show your ticket, sit in your seat, and hope everything's going to work fine? I am afraid of flying, so I pray a lot. There is two types of passengers. The people that are afraid to fly and the liars. <laughs> then you go to the bank. You put all your money there. You're trusting that person in charge of that bank. Well, finally, people are discovering that they're not very trustworthy anymore. Banks are breaking. Yes, but you put your money there, and you trust they're going to take good care of money. Maybe. Nowadays, maybe. You trust the bus driver that he's not going to jump in a bridge and kill all of us. We trust in a lot of things. It's not true. We trust in authorities. We trust in professors, teachers, authorities in our life, our parents. And that is the problem because we are human beings that built up trust. Trusting things and people, in science, in facts, but it's based on experience. The main problem with us is that our trust is in limited, broken things. That's a not good life experience. I doubt you have not been betrayed in your life. You trust something and it didn't happen. If you had a crush when you're a teenager, you teenagers, be prepared. You're going to have your heart crushed because, yeah, it happens. You trust things are going to happen and don't. You trust that you expect that thing to happen and didn't. You see what I'm talking about here? Trust is something very powerful. And looks like that trust is completely different from the trust that we read in the Bible. So we do have a kind of dualist type of life in terms of trust. I'm talking about myself, okay? You know very well the scripture. We know how much we need to trust the Lord. We know everything about trust in the Lord. But then we walk away from here is everything trust in what? Not in the Lord, I guarantee you. I'm talking about myself. I start trusting other stuff, repetition, verify trust. But the problem is some of our trust has been hurt. 
And because of the hurting heart, we start having a deformed view of things. We stop trusting certain type of people, certain type of whatever you can put there, based on experience, based on verified trust. If your parents are not good parents, then you have a really hard time to respect authority. Not just respect, but to trust authority. If you do have experience in your job and your boss was not very agreeable with you, then you stop trusting. Yes, you get what I'm trying to say? When Israel was living out of the slavery, they crossed the Red Sea. Miracle. They saw it. Ten plagues, miracle. They saw it. They are in the desert. Columns of fire and clouds protect them. Miracles. What the first thing they do? Melt gold and build a calf. You know why? Verify trust. Yes. We trust in things that we know. We trust things that we believe. We trust things that we have experienced. It's not the reason that always when you come to church, you come always in the same path because you know that is the best way to come to the church. We trust our instinct. We trust people. We trust, but this is a trust that is verified. How that is so important? Because David is inviting you to commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your path to the Lord. And that is the problem. We, because of our trust, we have a distorted view of God. Yes. And that is a big problem. Ignorance, ignorance of God is a major problem for our trust. Should we have a more experience with God? No. Should we have more knowledge of God? No. Should you have a what role? More relationship. If you realize the, the, the whole book of Job, in the beginning of the book, God said, this is the most faithful man in the earth. And I'm not going to tell you what is in the whole book, but I'm going to tell you the last chapter in 42. Job himself says, I heard about God. But now I see him. I knew about God, but now I see him. 42 verse 5. There is a difference, but God said, this is the most faithful man in the earth. And his discussion and dialogue, dispute, fight, problems, his mind was, wow, now I know Truly who God is. So that is a major problem for us. You know, we're reading our confession of sins. I was thinking, Lord, I need to confess that the, true, the truth is that I don't know you. Because if I knew you, I'll not be willing to sin. I will be willing to trust you. Okay, Raul, wonderful, very good. So our trust verify is not working. What, you know? Why? Because we don't know God. So how that's happened? Unfortunately, I realized that God has put so, so many signs, so many miracles in my life. And I guarantee you, your lives too. There's so many things that happened in your life. That was God's action. 
Like the people that saw Jesus doing so many miracles, next week, crucify him. We quickly forget miracles, supernatural things. The Israelites have been seeing so many miracles. They've been fed for 40 years in the desert with manna, miracle. They got in the promised land. Guess what they did? Following other gods. Why? Because they do not trust the Lord. If you're going to read the whole Psalms book, David is talking again and again and again. Look, the evil one is doing well in their lives. Don't worry about them. Trust the Lord. Okay, I'll bring that closer to our reality. We have experienced God in so many different ways. We have learned through the scripture, revealed himself to us. But still, we prefer a distorted view of God. We prefer to trust lies inside of us instead of trusting God. I work with international students, so this is my conversation. Because they think they are God or they have several other gods. Or maybe Muslims have one God only. When they say one, it means only one. They don't believe in Trinity. It's so hard to realize that we're not God. That you cannot trust your own abilities, your own ideas, even your own desires, as the verse before says. Your desires can be great if the Lord will fulfill that. If it is someone else that's going to fulfill that desire, then that's your idol. That's what you're after, money, fame, whatever. Then David is invited, trust, trust to the Lord. He'll do it. Do it what? The covenant that he holds with you. He's holding his end of the deal. I'm being faithful, says the Lord, but you're not. You choose to commit adultery against me, worshiping other gods, bowing to other idols, when I set you free, I am the father of your Jacob, Abraham, Moses. Do you realize that in the Old Testament it's always talk about the past? Why? To remind people that this God has acted in your favor. For us, we talk about Jesus, that he dies on the cross. That is the good message. That is the gospel, the good news. That you need to stop in your trusting in other gods, in yourself, to trust God, God alone. That is the main problem. So this is the, my struggle for several weeks. I've been thinking a lot about trust because I've been experiencing a lot of things that challenge my faith. Trust my believing. And I realized that was not my faith that was being affected or what I believe is in what I've been trusting. We're living in a time that you hear a lot of people get sick. It's not true. My brother-in-law, 54 years, he died in February. Cancer. Several other people around me have been getting sick, and some of them life-threatening. Some of the people in our church are struggling. Some people pass away in our congregation. Some of my friends. Whew. 
something are not happening well in your life, maybe you're facing a lot of trials and tribulations, and you are asking, why God? Why my soul is struggling? Why the wicked one is making, but the righteous one is suffering? Why, Lord? Why we come to church, my family and me, but I get sick, we have cancers, we lose our jobs, we have a problem with our kids. Why, God? When you start asking why, it's, the answer is so simple. It's so simple. You are not in command. Things do not happen as you want. That's real bad news to all of us. But there is the good news. And the good news is, look backwards. Look what I have done. How faithful I've been to you. Do you trust me when you have a bad news like someone that you love is going to die? Or maybe yourself being diagnosed with a bad thing or lost your job or all your money disappeared in the Wall Street and now you're poor again. Why? Let me tell you. It's not why. The question is who? Who do you trust? Do you believe that if God loves you, He's going to let one little hair, well, losing mine, is not going to be counted because the angel was sleeping when we lost some? No way. God knows everything. But the thing is, do you believe God loves you? Do you believe that bad things happen to you because you did something wrong, like the Job's friend? Oh, confess your sin and God's going to bless you again. Or is just... Yes, Christians, we do have bad days. We do be sick. We are going to die. I don't know about you, but it's, we're not immortal. We're eternal, but not immortal. So death is something close to us. And some of our friends are going to die, including you and me. And death is not a, something that we need to fear. It's because we need to go back and realize in who I trust. Who is this God that I put my faith and I believe in him? Is he worth of trusting? If you have any doubt, go back and read your whole scripture. You're going to find that. Yes, 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 yes. One million times yes. Oh, you're not sure about that. So go back and check your life. Because you saw a lot of miracles in your personal life. But you know what? You dismiss that quickly because we're so entangled in our own trusting. In trusting so many things. Remember the word verified trust? Yes. We trust things that has been measured. Fail. Oops. I don't trust that much anymore. Oh. Didn't happen as I expected. So that's what we do with God too. If everything goes and flies perfectly. Oh. It's so easy to trust God. That's what people say. It's so easy to trust God. Even Satan said that. Oh. Job. Job. Oh Job. Job is... Still alive, he's healthy. He lost everything, but he's still healthy, so. You see what I'm talking? Do you trust God? And I hope your answer is yes. Maybe you don't. But let me tell you one thing. This same God is so trustworthy 
that he loving us sent his only son to die for us. That's what means incarnation. A man that was fully man and fully God. So we can, you could relate better and trust and see it because we didn't see Jesus. He's not here in flesh, but he is in spirit. Holy Spirit is among us. And we can trust that. And you can trust that bad things happen to us. He's still with us leading everything and everything is under his control. By God's sake, we're Presbyterians. We do believe in the sovereignty of God. Nothing, absolutely nothing is out of his rule. Even when bad things happen to us, I realize that when bad things happen to me, I get shaky. Struggle with my fears, struggle with my idols, struggle with a lot of things. And the invitation this text is doing to you is commit your path. You know what means commit? He's holding his deal on the covenant. He's being faithful to us. A lot of things I could be talking. There is so many Psalms, there is so many books in the Old Testament and New Testament. That talks exactly about that. And that's the reason I said one hour and a half. I was kidding. I'm going to finish soon. I want to, to challenge you to rethink how do you trust in God? It's that possible to trust God? Do you remember that in the Old Testament, a lot of kings, they have a divided heart. They are us. We are the divided heart people. We come, declare Jesus our, as our Lord and Savior. We declare that we trust him only for our salvation. Everything else is on us. And Jesus never said that. He said, deny yourself. Die. Leave everything behind. Start a new life. Trust in me. Believe that I am God. That I am the one that is the mediator. That one that can forgive your sins. We say quickly, yes, we do believe. I do believe that. But I sometimes don't trust that. Because I cannot measure I cannot see it. I only can base on my experience with God. And you know what is the terrifying thing? That we believe more in lies than the truth. Do you believe in the lies of your heart where Satan put a lot of lies? Remember from Eden and on. The only thing that he tells us is what? Lies. Close to the truth, but not the truth. Certainly you're not going to die. You'll be like God. Unfortunately, we are not, and we die. And now we are under a curse that only Jesus can take us from. A lot of lies in your heart and mind is when you're facing bad days, pops up, and you hear, oh, I'll be vulnerable here. Um, a lot of people around me have got cancer. I got cancer too. So that word, hits a lot of, triggers a lot of red lights inside of my soul. 
And then, you know, Michael also came here to preach. He's an ROF guy, he's my friend, and he been diagnosed with colon cancer and we're talking and I've been thinking a lot, wow. It's so easy to say this and that, but when it comes close to you and you need to say, do you trust God has a plan for that? Do you trust that your death can be led by God? Do you trust that your life in God's hand has better purpose than you can imagine? But in order for God to use your life, you need to give up. You need to commit your way to the Lord. You cannot lead yourself and ask God to be around. Or you give up and follow, or you don't. You see what I talk about? I want you to be challenged with this text. Do not desire things that are not going to fulfill you. Desire that God will fulfill the desires of your heart. Delight, enjoy. Have a pleasure to know that God is not here just to punish us. And that is the context of the whole Psalm 37. The wicked one is winning. We're losing. And you're going to read several Psalms where David is confused. Like, how did that happen, Lord? I am the faithful one here. I've been trying to follow you. I'm trying to honor you. I'm trying to worship you. And look, the evil one are doing much better than me. And then God says, trust me. Trust me. Do not mean that you're not going to be persecuted. Do not mean that. Remember, most and a lot of the early Christians being persecuted die. Early, young age, because of Christ's sake. One of my students' friends, he came back to the States. He cannot come back to his country. He's been threatened by his, the authorities on his country. If you go back, you'll be in jail. He said, I'm, I'm planning to graduate and going back. He became a believer here. He went back to his country and uh, his pastor denounced him. And now he's back and he's in Auburn. And he's afraid. But he said one thing to me that shook my world. He said, Raul, if God want me back to my country, I just pray that I don't go to jail. I'd rather die than go to jail. But I cannot do what God wants for me. I need to do it. I am committed my way to the Lord. So I'm going to trust Him. I don't say that. It's hard for me to confess that. If you're like me, probably you'll say, oh yeah, wonderful, beautiful. But not me. Others, fine, but not me. You see where I talk about verified trust? Because you do not believe that God has the best for you. You do not believe that God has the better plan for your life. You do believe that you know better than God, like me. We do believe that we have the best options and we are so not, we full of knowledge. Ha, ha. The one that sees present past and future knows all. Can you trust him? Can you believe in him? Can you have a faith in him? That's my challenge for you today. What is trust? Who do you trust? How do you trust? It's a battle.
a battle between your flesh, Satan, and God. The good news, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't win this battle. This is the beauty of the gospel. It's not how much your effort you put it in. It's God himself, Holy Spirit, helping us to trust. Faith is a gift. So you know what we need to do all together? Bow to him and say, Lord, increase our faith. Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, set us free from lies based on our experience. Verified trust is not what we want. We want your word. That is the only verified trust that really matters. God set his people free. He sent his only son to die on the cross for us because he loved and cared for us. His salvation, his plan for salvation of each one of us has been written in the, in the book of life. And your name is there. If you do believe in Jesus Christ, and that is even given by him, not earned by strength. I invite you as a congregation under the leadership of Rob to be a church that starts trusting God, accepting the challenge and the trials and the problems. You name it, I know you do know each one of them better than me, that you face personally. And the good word that comes from the, the gospel is his word, the of trust. You can trust him. You're not sure about that? Check your own heart. See how many times God failed you. And I guarantee you, you're going to find none. We got hurt by man, but we never be by God. You can trust him. Let's bow our heads and pray. I would like to invite you to have your personal time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I really don't know what's going on in each person's hearts. We do have desires. We ask you to help us to delight in you so we can know that only you can give what we desire the most. It's not to be saved, but to walk with you, to know you, to trust you, not for this life, but eternity. Enjoy you forever.
Help us, Lord, to commit our path, our ways. Help us to trust to you, Father. Help us to not trust in a distorted way because we don't know you. Because we don't know how much you love us. How much you care for our lives and what plans do you have for each one of us. We face problems, illness, tribulations. We face suffer. We suffer pain. And it's still under your will and your plan. Help us to find you. Help us to trust you that you do have the best for us. We know that. We saw that in our past. In the past of Israel people. In the past of the early church. The church in the history. You have been with your people always. Protecting us. We pray that, Lord. Listen to the core of our hearts. Our struggle. Set aside idols and help us to trust you completely. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.